Welcome, everybody, to the Bandit Radio Hour. This is episode seven. The title is, uh, we don't know yet, because we don't know yet. We haven't talked about crap and figured that out in the post-production era. It just but, happens. Uh, it just does. It's, it's really organic, and it's a fun little game we play. Happy, happy some of y'all enjoy it. So anyways, I uh, hope everybody's doing well. It's been a little bit of an extended, hazy release schedule. But we're starting to get into the off-season of the Bandit Radio Hour, where my producer is going to be flying back and forth out of state. But we'll get into that later. He, he might be making some trips to Kosovo. Anyways, so yeah, uh, first thing I want to say is uh, the last episode, a little bit off the rails, a little bit different, because that was an Indica-induced episode. And here's here's the thing I'm going to really get into, like... Growing up, uh, and I'm, I don't know, I, I, marijuana's cool. I hate people that make it part of their identity and like, I, I don't, I hate potheads. I really, as someone that likes weed, I, I can't stand these dead-eyed, grateful, dead-loving, or dumb, stupid rap-loving, not, not good raps. You hate when it's a lifestyle. Yes, uh, I guess to... The same degree, like almost as much as, much more than alcohol. Because I don't know, alcohol to me is a cool, I, I'm not even a big drinker, but it's a much cooler lifestyle to be like, <laughs> be like in a wife beater with a little bit of a beer gut and be like, hey, what's your problem? Then I, I don't, don't remember last night. Yeah, 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 at least that instead of just, what? Bah? But anyways, I digress. So when I like dabbled with it when I was younger, there was, I don't know, there was just pot that you got from some guy. And good luck figure, there was, there was well, hang on, I take that back. There was what we called dro, or high-end uh, weed. Then there was mids or regs, which was like low-end weed that didn't, a lot of people seemed to not like. Whereas people would pay like double the price for dro. Anyways, what I'm getting at is, nowadays when you like can literally, like there's, hundreds of different strains and subproducts and stuff like that. You can pick precisely what marijuana does to you. And since I figured that out, I realized there's weed that I hate that turns me into that dumb stereotypical pothead who can't really organize his thoughts super well and is kind of spacey, like maybe like the last episode. Uh, but then there's sativa, which is like organic Adderall, is the best way I can put it. Uh, and I, I'm not even a big fan of Adderall or pharmaceuticals at all. And I, but side note, I hate people that harp on like not harp, but really push organic ways of life. Do do what you want. If you like nothing but processed hot dogs and uh, what a guy in a lab coat prescribes you, not knock yourself out. I literally just bought a case of Vienna sausages. Hey, now I. Don't be talking about them. I love them. Vienna sausages, beanie weenies. There's processes they can get. They're great in a pinch. Uh, but um, so yeah, that that one uh, we'll we'll call that like a bonus episode on episode six because that was that was some different strains involved there. All right. So talking about last week, there was a term I kind of threw around, spoke a little bit on, hit some highlights, the World Economic Forum or the WEF. Yep, that's right, folks. We're jumping in like knee deep in the water tonight. Uh, So I wanted to back it up with a little bit more source material. Did my research uh, right before I kind of got up to this podcast. And I just wanted to straight Google it, not any of the other search engines. Let me let me get some official narrative feedback on uh, some of the stuff I was talking about. Like I brought up Operation Lockstep, which when I first heard about it uh, several months ago, I do remember going to the original source material, like like the PDF of the document it was printed on. And I'll tell you, if it if the thing I read was a hoax. Good God, did someone put some effort into it? Like, I mean, it was like, I, I don't want to exaggerate or anything. Something like 90-page PDF document of, you know, gover- very government-looking words and uh, structure to it and everything. Um, so anyways, I Google it, and the first thing that pops up is USA Today. Uh, it's an article by Chelsea Cox. It was published uh, January 14th, 2021. And it's a fact check which we love those. They let us know what, what 
They let um, you know what you're supposed to know. They let you know what you're supposed to know, but my, like, actually, why I genuinely love fact checks is I like reading them to see how much of the bullshit the author, like, is either, like, are they actively manipulating this, or are they just sucked into the bullshit so deep themselves that they believe it? Yeah. Like, so... Let's just let's dig into it a little bit. I'm gonna go word for word. Uh, I, I skimmed over it earlier, but I, I figured sharing some of my insightful reactions might be pertinent to this. Uh, one coffee sip before we start. Stand by. That would be the bandit just spitting coffee on everything. His notes. Your, your look on your face. And we're back after, um, after my death and resurrection. Uh, so to tell people what just happened, um, I was a little too sure of myself, which happens from time to time, believe it or not. And, uh, wanted to do like a, a little braggadocious sip on air and like kind of time it and show how good my broadcasting skills are. And something about the sip went wrong. I'm not going to break it down in too much detail. And while the sip was going wrong, I look over at my producer, Merce, who has this really smug look on his face like, something's going wrong, isn't it? And that caused me to give a very goofy-like, when I say goofy, like the, the Mickey character, a hook. And with coffee in my mouth, coffee went in my lungs, I almost drowned and... Yeah, and I've been sick the past week, so that doesn't help with trying to recover in the middle of drowning in coffee. So, apologize for those technical difficulties. We're back, and great broadcasting skills uh, for myself, mostly, and a little bit for Merce. Um, so, anyways, what we were getting into was the fact check on uh, the... Hang on, hang on. Let me just reorganize my thoughts here, people. Okay. We're getting into the fact check written by Chelsea Cox uh, on USA Today. And uh, I think the last bit I said was how, like, these fact checks, you don't know how much of them you're going into that they're believing or if they're in on the con. So we're going to read through this and get some of my reaction. Um, all right. January 14th, 2021. The claim. Quote. COVID, uh, well, that's just all quote. COVID-19 is a part of, quote, Operation Lockstep, unquote, from, quote, the Rockefeller playbook, unquote. All right, so that's that's the claim, that Lockstep is from the Rockefeller playbook. Um, Recent posts to Facebook about Operation Lockstep, a COVID-19 conspiracy theory, have gone viral. The post features a page that was allegedly scanned from the Rockefeller playbook, quote-unquote around Rockefeller playbook, that outlines the three phases of public response to the pandemic. Phase one includes, quote, mild cold slash flu, unquote, that the media, quote around that, I'm not going to be able to say all these quotes, so we're just going to roll with it. Uh, will exaggerate to the media will exaggerate to induce mass paranoia and fear and inflation of COVID-19 case numbers. Phases two and three are marked by weakened immune systems due to mass social distancing exposure to 5G radiation and the weaponization of a deadlier virus because of widespread refusal to get vaccinated against COVID-19. The latter will result in quote-unquote, anarchy from all sides between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Okay, we're two paragraphs deep. Now, Merce, like like genuinely, this is anecdotal, people, but get used to it. That's going to be a lot of this podcast is anecdotal Southwest Florida uh, personal experiences. How many people have you met in your life that are truly worried about, like, what, what's one of the things they mentioned? 5G towers. I mean, some some of my friends because they're pilots and they are actually messing up airplanes. Oh, are they? Oh, wait, hang on, people. This 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 question might have just backfired. Hang on. So what? What? It's, it's messing up like sensors and altimeters in some of the airplanes. So there are some like genuine complaints there. But other than that, as like a like a physical okay. like. Did those flight. things ever mess up before? No, 
No. I no. no. Oh. There, there are, you can look at the FAAs, there's like some ongoing stuff there. But no. it's like, as like, for my health reasons, I could care less. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, you're, you have family that's pretty conspiratorial that's brought up some pretty, I, I'll say a little bit out there things. Have they ever brought up 5G towers? No, not no. Really. And like, here, all right, so here's my first criticism of this fact check article. Um, right there in the first thing, like, all right, so the, the, the thing that I read that I talked about earlier mentioned using a pandemic and Operation Lockstep, using the media to cover it, uh, using authoritarian top-down control policies like that. The thing I read never mentioned anything about, and I'm going to quote some of their stuff, 5G radiation uh, weakened immune systems due to mask. Like, I've heard a lot of shit about mask on both sides. Have you ever heard that it weakens your immune system? I've heard that, like, breathing in your own breath can, like, not be so good Oh, I was wondering maybe it was because you weren't breathing in anything. Your body wasn't fighting. I mean, I I could see inference off of that. But like, like, growing up, they're like, oh, eat dirt. It's good for your immune system as a kid. Okay. uh, I don't know if that's there. Maybe. Maybe. But I think even that's stretch. But that's being generous with it, I, I think, at best. So, all right. One paragraph in from this USA Today. Well, I guess third paragraph, but it's the first big one. Uh so we're, th- this is already just, God, so biased, which I, I guess we all know that and what to do about it, but we'll, we'll get to that at the end. I just, I, I like, uh, oh, okay, hang on. This gets better. Hey, we're about to kick into, full, oh, wait, hang on, hang on. The latter will result, and this is something I read earlier, the latter will result in, quote, anarchy from all sides between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. I mean, I think when they use anarchy from all sides, they mean in a much different context than I would. Let's go with like their definition. Um, It seems like there was a pretty big push between vaccinated and unvaccinated, but I wouldn't even say all vaccinated people. I'd say like just as far as the people that did it, before there was mandates and stuff for it. Like, I, I guess those were the volunteer, you know, the people first in line to do it, sort of. Uh, I'd say, like, really, out of the vaccinated, they're really the only ones pushing it on everybody else. I could care less. Yeah. I, I don't have it, but yeah. I don't care if you do or not. Yeah, but like, I, I, like hey, on, I want to make sure I don't sound like a total up my own ass. Uh, uh, like, I know plenty of people that were vaccinated that were like, I don't give a shit if you do. I just did it for my health. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. All right, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Good for you. Uh, all right, so hang on. This is about to kick into high gear. The claim was posted to the Facebook page for exposing satanic world government, the social media arm of Global Watchman News. So, okay, that right there. Like, the thing I... At least what I read, I never saw anything about satanic world government or... or is, this was just like, here's a leaked document from a Rockefeller thing that talked about Operation Lockstep. No, and, and it sounds like... And this is something I've, I've heard some like people like Ryan Dawson talk about. You have... I believe there are legitimate conspiracies. However, I believe a lot of the crazy shit you hear is literally, I don't know if it's perpetuated by the CIA or not, but even if it's not, if it's just a crazy person, it's being used to like lump in like, oh, if you are believing in this, like like, like the, the Operation Lockstep thing I read had nothing about, uh, uh, what did, what did I say? A weakened immune system on mask, uh, deadlier vi- 5G radiation, satan. It's like they're using all this other stuff. It's like, oh, if you believe anything about this lockstep, you must believe in 5G radiation. And like they lump you in with the crazies. It's very, very effective on people that don't think critically. Um, anyways, uh, in response to a request from the page, Laurie Swan sent USA Today a copy of 2010 report published by the Rockefeller Foundation 
a private foundation founded by the prominent Rockefeller family in 1913. The pages post has since been removed. Hang on, I want to get down to the part uh, where they go. All right, here we go. What is Operation Lockstep? While, quote, unquote, now get this, the Rockefeller playbook, unquote, does not exist, the planning report released by the Rockefeller Foundation in 2010 has this, uh, quote, scenarios for the future of technology and international development, unquote, includes a section called lockstep. Nice. So, okay, okay. So, so how they're saying, what, what is it? They're, and the initial claim is like, oh, the Rockefeller playbook does not exist. However, the Rockefeller, uh, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation released a planning report that's like, oh, it's you. Just the name is wrong. <laughs> just the name is slightly off. But what it's describing is perfect on on point. Uh, but anyways, they go on to say the report describes a series of scenarios, including a pandemic in which technology could be used to help restore humanity. Quote. The Rockefeller Foundation believes that in order to understand the many ways in which technology will impact international development in the future, we must first broaden and deepen our individual and collective understanding of the range of possibilities. This report and the project upon which it is based is one attempt to do that. Reads an excerpt from the report. The lockstep section outlines a scenario. All right, here we go. This, this is the juicy part. The lockstep section outlines a scenario of authoritarian control in the wake of a hypothetical novel influenza pandemic similar to COVID-19. Now, this is what the fact checkers are like. Well, here's this real thing, this, this fake thing's kind of like they're using. So, okay. Locks, this, this is the real document they're talking about. Uh, Lockstep envisions, quote, a world of tighter top-down government control where authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback according to, unquote, according to the report. In this world, 20% of the global population was infected by the novel virus, and 8 million people were killed in seven months. Uh, and I'm just going to scan down just a little bit, because one of the things they say is, oh, like the numbers are wrong. Where, where is it? Uh, in reality, Disproportionate numbers of deaths from COVID-19 have occurred in North America, Brazil, and India, according to John Hopkins University. More than 720,000 of over 1.9 million deaths happened in these countries. So it was like, oh, no, operations lockstep is wrong. The actual deaths are, like, higher. They're, I don't know if they don't say higher or lower. They just say different. And I'm not going to look it up in the middle of this recording. But, uh, yeah, it's like, what? It's a technicality. Like, 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 literally, it's like, hey, this thing that we plan that's in the plan from twelve years ago. Yeah, the numbers are wrong. It's like, ah, uh, another excerpt on the mandatory wearing of face mask and body temperature checked entries to communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets parallel ongoing practices to uh, the spread of COVID nineteen. But the novel, novel coronavirus is not mentioned anywhere in the Rockefeller Foundation's report. While the quote-unquote lockstep scenario describes a continuation of authoritarian policies after the pandemic fades, there is no reference to a plot to introduce a new virus into the population if a majority of people resist getting vaccinated against COVID-19, as the claim states. Scenarios of future of technology and international development does not present evidence of an elite conspiracy to incite worldwide anarchy through COVID-19. Our claim, our rating, false. So, like, so much of they the... grasp at Like, like, so hard. And please, don't go to, like, the fact check. Actually, and this is my, like, encouragement to anybody reading this. If you ever see a fact check, read the fact check and just look at the straws they grasp. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Rockefellers are crazy. You know they got their name from being good fighters. Really? Yeah, his granddad's like, I'm gonna Rockefeller. Oh, good, good. That's that's the Merce gets his one. <laughs> Merce gets his one tonight. Besides me coughing, spewing coffee everywhere. So yeah, what I was saying was, uh, one of the other things they say in the very uh, beginning of what I 
just read was phase one includes mild cold flu that the media will exaggerate to induce mass paranoia and fear and inflation of COVID-19 case numbers. Okay. Um, this is like part of what they're saying the false report is. Didn't, let me, let me make sure this was written, January 14th, 2021. Uh, I guess it was a little bit over a year ago. Uh, but still, didn't Project Veritas come out with like CNN reporters saying like, oh yeah, we have to run the COVID numbers to remind Americans to, we've never got this many views before and we need it. And, and you, they found out later numbers were exaggerated uh, in so many different ways and like florida was actually one of the places that got caught accidentally quote unquote fixing the numbers yeah uh and i don't know there there's so much and you know there's not even anything at the bottom of the article like oh hey here's stuff we might have gotten wrong uh our fact checks oh here's their fact check sources everybody don't worry number one is Snopes. <laughs> number, Babylon B. <laughs> number two is the Rockefeller Foundation. Like, that's... Uh, like, one of their points of falsehoods is that it's... The Rockefeller Playbook. Like, quote, is like, that's in the title. And it's like, no, 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 it's not the Rockefeller Playbook. It's the Rockefeller Foundation. Like, so obviously it's a false crazy conspiracy theory and it's like oh it's the gif of everybody slapping themselves in the face like ah but hey the the upswing of this and i don't encourage harassment or or anything like that but when i see it did you see uh in canada where there was like a whatever their news media reporter was in the street saying something like at the trucker thing and he just gets surrounded by people that are like, hey, why don't you go home and kill yourself, bud? <laughs> like, you're nothing but scum. And like, he starts like getting teared. Like they, Michael Malice has a great quote that uh, the media should be looked at, the media figures should be looked at with the same intensity as a tobacco executive. They are selling a product. It kills and they're only interested in the profit that they generate from that product. And it's like, yeah, I think people are starting to look at them like that. Even, and it's making me a little giddy how many right-wingers I see waking up in their own little special ways. And not, not even saying they agree with me 100% all the time. No no one has to. What a boring world that would be. But they're no longer eating and breathing what Fox News tells no, them. No, 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 no. And it's, uh, and I think... Even the ones that are stuck in a habitual loop of Fox News are at least conscious of like, hey, are they, I don't believe they're actually telling me the whole story, but I agree with them the most. And I'm used to watching Sean Hannity, Burka Burka Burr took our jobs. So yeah, a lot of stuff there. And also note for a future episode. Something I'd really like to dig into is uh, we're gonna we might start getting into some dirty history of some of the like bigger families and bigger dynasties in this country and why they yeah. were named the way they're named. <laughs> Jeez, possibly, <laughs> possibly we will work some nomenclature in there. Did I use the right word? If I did, I'm impressed. If not, don't correct me. I like it that way. So one thing I really got to share is I have accomplished. Like one of my uh, biggest goals of this episode, or not this episode, the series, uh, my biggest utmost goal is find someone who can correct my crazy thinking and make the world less scary. Because, uh, yeah, I don't like being right about a lot of this stuff. But one of the other things, I had a close, uh, I had a close family relative say to me some really neat stuff. And so there's like a lot of different shades of conservatives and there's a lot of different shades of like Trump supporters. And he was just, I'd, I'd say he's definitely on the more like rational, logical side of the Trump supporters. Uh, and there's a lot of different shades in that region alone. Uh, but there's as many shades as there are individuals. But anyways, so he says something uh, the other night at like a little family get together. And he's like, you know, 
I don't know these people, and I'm tired of putting my like faith and my trust in people that I just I haven't met and that I don't know. And for all I know, they're just saying something and doing the exact opposite. And I'm like, hey, what what brought you to think like that? What made you? He goes, and he kind of talks about like, ah, oh, you know, I've just been giving it a lot of thought lately and been praying about stuff. And he's like Christian guy, and he, he's really good, solid one. He's like been praying about stuff and yada yada yada, and uh. Calls me like yesterday. It's like, hey, I do want you to know a lot of it has to do with you just admitting you're wrong about crap and hearing someone else say that and go like, oh, it's okay to be wrong. So like check, check, like I have slightly, I might not even changed his mind about the first thing, but I've like slightly influenced one person's thinking. And here, all right, I'm a really nerd out for a second. My dream job growing up, this little hillbilly's like dream career was being a college professor of like something I like talking about, whether it be history or philosophy or something. Uh, And that takes like, here's the downsides of that. Costs tons of money. You get paid jack squat for it. Uh, You do have an awesome schedule of being able to work whenever you want. Uh, But like I can never teach public school because I would eventually beat kids. Uh, I just, I would. Not, not going back to my old like parental talk from episode two or something like that. Like no other people's kids. You can't lock me in a room with them or I start. Uh, yeah, can't do it. Uh, but like college, I could teach like a little bit slightly more mature people that are paying money to be there. But then I'd have to stick to a curriculum and only fit like so much time of my own thoughts in there. But I did the math at a young age. And I was like, man, this is like. Probably early 2000s, I'm thinking this. So I'm like a teenager. I'm like, if I could get like, uh, you know, 25 kids in a room or 25 young adults and talk to them and I have like four classes a semester, that's 100 people I'm influencing a semester. And four semesters a year, that's 400 people. I got like their ears a year. And uh, it's amazing how 20 years ago, the thought of influencing people you had to go through these channels of like, oh man, in order to reach that, I must go do all the schooling and all this other crap. And Merce, when did we start this? January? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah? Somewhere, no, I, no, no, it's probably like March. March? Something. You listeners might know better than me. A couple months ago. Uh, I've already hit, not that number, but like cl- getting close to it in views and downloads. And it's like, all I had to do was my friend buy <laughs> buy the equipment, try to podcast himself, get intimidated by it, and have me sit in a room with him so we could do it together. And basically, it's so neat how this technology that well, you know, the poor Chinaman that had to create all this. I I don't know. Any, I haven't looked at any of these things, but I can guarantee you, all of it's made in China, which is what it is. But still, because of that. I don't have to go through all those channels and I can say exactly what I want and not stick to any curriculum except for the Bandit Radio Hours curriculum. Damn it, the way it should be. This is the equivalent of like having, like when the printing press yeah. came out. Yeah, and if, if I can influence one person's thought in that, that actually like, and who knows, may, uh, the least generous interpretation of that is maybe they were just being very nice to me at the time. And, you know, even if they were being generous, if I can at least give somebody something to think about, and if there's, I, I figure there's, I mean, there's not one bandit radio hour in every town. But there's got to be like one hillbilly hick that thinks something like I do in about every small town and big city. That's terrifying. That really, that, that you know what, I'm sorry. I haven't met them that get close. There's got to be some outsiders, at least, of different bandits of different flavors, a Baskin Robbins of bandits, if you will. And uh, maybe more than 32 or 52 or whatever. I've never been there. I just knew they had good advertising back in the day. But if each one of them, like, don't even get a thousand listeners, if I don't get a thousand listeners, if I don't get any, but I can just influence a handful of people and not even make them vote different or live their lives different or any grandiose things like that. Like, I don't want, I don't want to like make people just go, Hey, maybe that hick had like a certain point about something to make them think a little different, some new evidence, something they haven't thought about before. Uh, 
if more people can do that and get off of this tit of corporate media from Wall Street Journal to Fox News to uh, MSNBC to CNN to all, all right, hang on, to, uh, asterisk on Fox News. There's some good people there, very, very few, but I don't know. I don't watch MSNBC or CNN anymore, even for hate watching, just because it's too, it's, it's too. Maybe we'll make it a segment, like my hate watching binge. I don't know, something to think about for the future. Let me know what you think, folks. But uh, yeah, if more people can do that, that has the potential for quite literally like a revolution in thought. What, it was 3% of, the American founding fathers that actually took up arms against the British uh, government. Yeah, supposedly. That's, so, that's why the 3%ers uh, call themselves the 3%ers. Uh, and dude, that cra- God, like, uh, I try not to, I do judge people based on their politics. I do, but the 3%ers, like, they're this weird flavor of libertarian right, I guess, but it's, it's not even libertarian right. It's just right. That is, I don't know. They're the kinds of people you see like a don't tread on me flag right next to a back the blue flag. And you're like, you're doing the treading. You're the, you're the, you're kind of the red coat in this situation. Like, uh, in, <clears throat> which I, I try not to, I don't want to get too, too dug into cops because I know good people who happen to be police officers. I just think, oh, hey, did I talk about private security? No. Okay, so this is something, all right, this like perfectly encapsulates how I feel about police officers. I, I, I think, and it's like nothing personal at all. Like I have extended family that's cops and that like, there's a handful of them. I've always been of the mindset. If every cop was like the two or three, I know I wouldn't have anything to bitch about (laughs) ever. Like I know they're just trying to do the right thing. And sadly what the right thing entails a lot of the time is carrying out the orders of politicians. And and, well, I shouldn't say that is the right thing, but sometimes it happens to be like the order of the politician is to catch a murderer that legitimately did the crime, then it's like, yeah, that's that's a good product pro- byproduct. But uh, hey, do you know how police got their name? No. Oh, okay. All right, this is great. So they used to, in general, be called peace officers. That was the nomenclature for it because that I don't know if I'm using the right word. That was the use of words to describe them because uh, they were known for keeping the peace. And after the police forces started getting more centralized centralized and uniform kind of across the nation to a standard. They started being policy enforcers Hmm. or police enforcers. So they enforce the policy of the local politicians or of the state politicians or of the federal politicians, depending on which part they serve. But saying that, uh, it gives lots of room, I believe, in that structure for lots, for a, I don't know, I, I think different departments operate differently. That's why there's such varying opinion depending on where you are and what your life is like in that place. But, you know, if I had to tell you that there was a place, and don't get me wrong, cops have very dangerous jobs. A lot of it has to do with well, let me put it like this. Merce, who do you call if there's a cat stuck in... No. Yes. <laughs> but, um, not, yes, but no. Um, who do you call if there's a cat stuck in a tree? Fireman. Well, okay, maybe not that one. Uh, who do you call if there's a car parked where it's not supposed to be? Tow truck. All right, let's say an average citizen. <laughs> Police. Police, all right. Who do you call if you're getting robbed? Okay, yeah, this is—he's really the wrong person to ask all this. Police are responsible for so many jobs; they are the public servants, and good God, that goes everywhere from managing car wrecks to handling stuff in like like traffic routines, if lights go down, stuff like that, to setting up crime scenes to investigate murders to detectives. Like it's such a wide range, and 
to pulling over people for drugs, to traffic citations, to like all this, some needed, some not. Uh, now here's the thing. What if I told you there was a place where you needed secure? And like a lot, of, a lot of people say, let me back up a little bit. A lot of people say what I advocate for a more privatized security is like, Oh, what that, that'd only be the rich having like these powerful security forces, private military secret services that can defend them and no one left to defend us. But what if I told you in our small town, there is a place that has private security and the ratio of, and it's very cheap of incidents that are created versus the public sector of public security, which is police, is stupidly insane. And once I point it out, it's going to melt your mind. It's a person that has to deal with a typically large male crowd that is filled with alcohol to the brim, and no one's allowed, and the, the guy is typically not allowed to have a gun. The bartender. The bartender or the bouncer. They establish the, and they don't want to escalate a situation because they don't want to tear up their bar because it costs them money if they tear up their bar. And they're not just going to blow someone's head off at like the little slightest thing. You know, if let's say they're a bar that really like is against, let's say the bar owner absolutely hates drugs and he he catches someone in his establishment doing drugs, he can be like, hey, bouncer, make them leave. And like, what does the bouncer do? Does he fucking shoot him if the guy resists? No, he like gets them in a headlock and works them and gets them outside. And like, dude, that's a situation filled with half the crowds looking for a fight in some of these towns. And honestly, I'm, I'm not saying there are there, there are murders at bars. There are people that break bar rules and bring in knives and bring in guns and stuff like that. But just you could kind of see in this example compared to a public sector, it's like, whoa, there's a difference in just. How, how this, I heard this great point. The problem with a lot of policing is that they either, uh, their main job is to protect people and property, right? And they either do that job to the extreme or not enough of that. And an example of in a lot of blue cities where you see like, and conservatives have like a lot of legs to stand on on this one where they're like, oh, they're letting people uh, shoplift like what up to like $1,500 worth of stuff and the cops aren't responding. Like the, the politicians are telling their policy enforcers do not enforce protecting this property up to this amount. Yeah. Do not. And it's like, it's this really, and I'm, there's a part of me like if I don't think any cop that's not a complete psychopath got into this line of work going like, oh, I'm going to do like, uh, not Nancy Pelosi because that's federal government, but like some crooked mayor's like every dying wish or, you know, some might not be a mayor, might be a police chief. Probably most going with good intentions. Yeah, yeah, like really. And if I had to provide, like, I could understand how I would get defensive I get defensive when people come at farmers and ranchers, like just automatic. That's my, that's my money. That's my way of life. Like bar none. I don't think about probably if I'm being like legitimately criticizing myself, I'm about to make a point with this because it affects how I feed my children. I will not care as much about the environment as someone who does not feed their children via agriculture. Like there's automatically like a, yes, I love the environment and I want to protect it, but I'm feeding my kids. Uh, same with a cop with someone criticized like myself criticizing them. I understand the knee jerk instinctual reaction to be like, Hey, that's how I'm feeding my family. You might want to watch how I'm, how I do my job. Like right. in saying that, like I said, at the beginning of this little rant, there are those that, God, if every cop was like them, I, uh, I, I wouldn't complain. Um, but we've all dealt with the one that has a bad day. And lucky for you, if you're just speeding that day and he gives you a ticket, God forbid you get pulled over and you don't have the right permit to have the right gun and you look the right kind of wrong class to him. And whether that be, you know, I, I think the left has a leg to stand on when they say, 
hood gangster, not even gangster, black people were targeted, but it's like, in, at least in my anecdotal small town, yes, that's true. But also like the white trash and the brown trash and the, like the ghetto comes in all shades and colors and even cultures. Uh, <laughs> hell, the cops ride down a couple of the white trailer parks around town to see who's going in and out, maybe on a meth run. It's yeah, it's all around. However, back to my point. Yes. Mickey Mouse land has private security and that's like the high tech, but also your local bar has private security that deescalates situations. And I think if a cops, a public police officer's only job was to keep the peace in a rational manner, then like no one would really have hard arguments against that. It's just, you have these pockets and I, I think small towns are different than big cities. And I think even big cities are different from each other. But man, there is certain, I know there's a difference, but where is the line on that difference between my local sheriff that I know and I like and who I've probably actually had a conversation or two with that went surprisingly great and open-minded to an ATF agent? Like, one of these people know me and, like, I can... One's going to shoot you and Mm. not talk to you. Might might be the one I know, (laughs) depending on how things go. (laughs) So, one of the last things I'm going to get into tonight is the two main political parties and how I think there are times... It kind of goes along with the tweet I put out earlier. I think there are times where it's great to be conservative like I myself there are times in my life and I'm not saying like even political just like I made more conservative lifestyle judgments and it worked in my favor there are also times in my life where I made more liberal choices and it still worked in my favor I'm just a bull moose yes (laughs) get him Teddy (laughs) (laughs) oh I have mixed feelings about that individual every childhood anyways anyways I, it's crazy to me how these two political parties, the both Republicans and the Democrats, how they can say, like, you know, the Republicans honestly, or obviously identifying as to conservative lifestyles, the Democrats identifying to liberal or progressive lifestyles. It's one thing to be of that lifestyle and believe in that lifestyle. If you're teetotal either way or whatever you mixed emotions or beliefs are. But when you actually, it amazes me how many people listen to what these people say and take that as more valid of an action than what these people do and how these people actually vote. Like I used to, I haven't kept track of this in a very long time, but back in my like nerdy kind of like post high school days when I, when I really started getting on the internet and doing my own research, just about how the politicians voted, which is public record. Anybody can look it up and all the people that, uh, which I grew up a Republican, all the Republicans I followed, I loved John McCain, loved him. And I finally looked up how he voted Versus how he's talked about things. I'm like, oh, this is like opposite. Like, look, you couldn't be more opposite of what, like, a lot of the stuff he's advocating for. And then the same on the Democrat side. And here's my thing. And the, the only person this rang true for, what, like, they actually said what they meant was, first, which politician? Ron Paul. Ron Paul. It, it's always Ron Paul. And to my, <laughs> Merce just saluted with this cap, and it was beautiful. Uh, it, to to my lefty friends that that will say like oh what about Bernie Sanders from from whatever stupid I'm state once from. again asking <laughs> here's my problem with Bernie Sanders him and Ron Paul actually worked on and auditing the Fed bill but Bernie Sanders at the last minute like slipped in a ton of caveats and I made it where Ron Paul like pretty much looked at him and was like. Why are you compromising? This is the Fed. It's the devil. You're a socialist. You should hate this crap. Uh, and also, Ron Paul never sold out to like the Republican Party. He ran as a Republican, but when they were like, would you support whoever the Republicans nominate for president? And he was like, 
uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. But uh, so yeah. <clears throat> but what I'm getting at is, like, and I know there's a lot of people that'll be like, "Well, it's the lesser of two evils." Like, if they're liberal, they they may not agree with the Democrats on everything, but they're the lesser of two evils on my liberal stuff and conservatives, vice versa, with Republicans. But if you take 20 minutes to go to OpenSecrets.org as uh, one of the websites, I think another one is, I just, back in the day, Googled how my senator or representative voted. And a lot of times, it's the biggest faces on cable news that you think got your back that say the prettiest things all the time about certain situations. Uh, one that really fooled me, which I thought at least he must be liberty-minded in some kind of way based on how he talked, was uh, Pirate Boy. Uh, from Texas. Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw. Oh, I patch. Patchy, we call him back south. Uh, but yeah, he was Mr. Star Spangled Bander. I'm I'm a Iraq war vet. Got shot in the eye with something. I don't, that might not have been what happened. I don't know. God, God bless whatever dude's service. But uh, what he, he was filmed, this was like not that long ago. This might have been six, seven months ago. He was filmed at a Texas diner, like doing like a private talk, like a I think one of those. I might be wrong about this particular little detail. Seemed like one of those, one of those like a hundred dollar steak, whatever dinners yeah. where you can hear them speak and stuff. And so again, this is this might be like a year ago because COVID is still going strong. And Dan Crenshaw is, and like someone's videotaping on their phone, and he goes like, "Listen to my to my Republican supporters." I appreciate it, but we need to watch out for these like liberty wannabe grifters that aren't going along with things that are mucking up the process of compromising with Democrats and getting stuff done in Washington. And if he doesn't directly say Thomas Massey, he like alludes to him in some kind of way. Again, the video is a little old. I haven't seen it in a while, but so Thomas Massey's like one of the only Republicans that was like good about lockdowns and so at least voicing his criticism of them very loudly, very specifically. And I'll tell you this in a time I, I might be contradicting myself from when I just said, Oh, I wish they'd do something instead of saying something criticizing the COVID regime, whenever it was in full blast, that's the exception. If yeah, that's the one because you that is doing something at that time when everyone's scared shitless to do anything at all. Uh, so there's Dan Crenshaw criticizing like the few Republicans actually give a crap and doing stuff about it. So be very careful for now. I, my asterisk: uh, be very careful for who you vote for based on party lines. The one caveat I will give. To like, I'll try to steal man the lesser of two evils argument. And that is DeSantis. <laughs> he, he, he made it where he was like, well, if you want to pick the lesser of two evils, you either want to pick the people that don't want to teach sexual stuff to seven year olds and under, or the people that do. <laughs> and it's like, drew a hard line. And I'm like, ooh, man, I don't like picking sides and generalities, but if I gotta pick a side in that one. So, DeSantis, I got mixed feelings on. It's, it's mostly good because out of, <coughs> for, for the COVID stuff, he did do good a little later in the game than I would have liked, than my business would have liked. Uh, but it happens either way. Um, I'm out to lunch on him. I, I don't. I don't think. I, like my family relative said, uh, that, that's redundant. Family relative, but like he said, I don't have any faith in any one guy to like save me, except for myself and my like personal friends and community and family. I can build myself around. Uh, if a politician does some stuff that benefits me, then hey, cool. Uh, but also, hey, I'll, all right, DeSantis, some good stuff, but like, this ain't him, I guess, technically. Guilty by association. The Florida Republicans were one of the first in the nation to pass red flag laws. And it's like, oh, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the hell? 
<laughs> so that's my last little dig at the... And side note, you could find just as much dirt on the Democrats abandoning their values by bailing out banks by... Which, I don't know, I see this back and forth. It seems like a lot of the... Not a lot of the lefties I talk to. Some of the not-so-great lefties. They always jump and go, oh, that's just shit libs but oh they make the same argument a lot of conservatives do like oh they're just the lesser of two evils and well we end up with crappier versions of both systems so the Simpsons covered it in that one episode do you see where the two aliens took over uh, uh, no you have a two party system you have to vote for one of us <laughs> and third parties try god I, green party's wacky I have a weird amount of respect and like me I'm registered libertarian but I try to I'm bringing to back do. the wig party yeah. whatever like I'm down for like make it make it weird <laughs> <laughs> make it, don't make it normal make it weird uh, make it you have to wear wigs <laughs> that's literally the, like the charter <laughs> <laughs> why do you think we named it that <laughs> oh man so guys it's getting late tonight uh, I will let y'all know the episodes might be a little more sporadic from here out, but check my Twitter feed. Who knows? We might start a Facebook group or something like that here soon. Uh, but on a final note, I mentioned something in the last episode about, or maybe the one before, about how it's so interesting that I'm reaching out across continents and even getting uh, downloads and views, most of them from Belgium, of all places, uh, was a was Brussels. it Brussels? Brussels. Now here's my thing, people from Brussels. If that's who you really are, because I've given a couple of thoughts to this. One, it could be genuine people from Brussels that are really wondering why I'm talking directly to them right now. If so, we love you. Yeah, that's nice. Doesn't apply, but if it's not, two, just on a whim, I googled, "Hey, CIA Brussels." <laughs> And up pops an FBI like field office in Brussels. And FBI, you listen here. If you're listening to me, I guess thank you for the download, one. But two, don't y'all have more important crap to do? Uh, by the way, whoever's listening, I don't advocate violence of any kind. Uh, no, 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 this is all just whimsical banter. Uh the other possibility of it is that it is like an American with a VPN and they're just shooting it over there and I'm getting it downloaded. But I really hope it's people from Brussels. But whoever it is, them and everybody else, thank y'all for listening. This has been fun as hell. And uh, hope to talk to y'all really soon. Follow me at the Bandit Radio Hour. Y'all have a good night.